Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Fresh off a triumphant MHH meet and greet. We had a lot of fun. We had a ton of fun. Wish more of you could have been there. Like it was a great turnout. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, man, one of these days it'd be cool to do it doing where like all the many 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 thousands of people to listen to this show could show up but listen this is the mile high huddle podcast welcome in everybody i'm chad jensen with me my fellow co-host partner in crime deputy editor at mhh zach kelberman zach there's a game on tonight that we're going to be competing for eyeballs with but uh how are you feeling about the broncos chances in week four on the road Vegas. We talked about it on the radio today and all week, really. I love the opportunity the Broncos have to really drive that final stake through the Raiders' hearts because at 0-3 right now, you can argue the season's done for them anyway, but 0-4 for sure it would be done, and how sweet would that be at their house against Joshi Poo? You know, mm-hmm. really sticking into him in that little FU moment. I cannot wait to see what the Broncos' offense does because this could be a get-right game for them. The Raiders' defense, we'll get into it, does not scare me at all when you get past the pass rushers, one of whom hasn't done squat this year. So if Russ gets going, it could be a uh, a let's ride victory. David says, I want to see him put up 40 on McD. I'll settle for 20 at this point. I'd love to as well. I'd love to as well. But this is very much so the wounded animal kind of uh, ethos here where you still need to put that animal down but don't underestimate its fierceness and its and and how big of a danger it can be. Uh, you gotta you gotta understand, Zach, that when a, an animal is wounded like that, it's desperate. And that desperation, man. I mean, think about human beings as animals. All right, you know, you you hear the stories about the mama, the car flips over and mama strength comes in and she lifts a freaking car. Right? Desperation, wounded animals don't sleep on it. It's also a rabid animal, and you never want to get too close to them because if they bite you, then you're pretty much screwed. And I see Josh McDaniels, you know, we can play the clip, you know, we'll, we'll all remember what he did going off in the Broncos when he was the head coach, but he's foaming at the mouth right now because his season's on life support. He's had closed-door meetings with Mark Davis. I mean, 0-3, nobody envisioned that. When you make a trade for Devontae Adams and you have your offense in place that you handpicked and you're going 0-3, not a good look for Josh, but none of us really feel bad, too. It's all good. 
We got to see Michaela, spend a lot of time with Michaela at the meet and greet. That was a lot of fun. And this other Michaela, Michaela Israel, who we're getting to know as time marches on. But Michaela Parker, it was great to meet you, by the way, uh, Michaela. Michaela Parker, the Duchess, she got to kick it with us most of the day, red carpet treatment, along with Gary Leeds Palmer. They got to go watch the game together in their red carpet seats, and it was a good game. Was it a Broncos-Cowboys circa 2013 shootout? No, but it was a competitive game. The energy in the stadium was just great. Even when the offense that kept kind of stepping on its own you-know-what, and they got booed off the field a couple of two, three times, that fourth quarter was electric. The defense showed out. It was a lot of fun, and also shout-out to D-Dub. Dale and his great wife Gretchen. It was awesome meeting you, uh, your kids, and uh, appreciate the ticks. We got to sit Scott and I right next to Clan D Dub and uh, perfect seats. Like you couldn't have gotten better seats if you, unless you wanted to go pay many, many, many thousands of dollars on the secondary market. So, uh, Zach, here's a super chat from Plum Bob who says, "Please Broncos end the Raiders <laughs> for good." Yeah, terminate them from the NFL map. That'd be nice and fun. And uh, I don't really care, though, to, you know, talking about your previous point, if it's 11-10 or it's 111 to nothing, I don't really care how the Broncos get that win. We all want to see Russell Wilson have that breakout game. We want to see 300 yards and three touchdowns. But as long as they win and go to 3-1, and one, and as an added bonus, end the Raiders season at their place, I'm cool with it, man. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, as Bradley talked about, Bradley Chubb, when he was – talking about how much he hates the Raiders. He also was like, look, I hate them because they've kicked our butt. They've been tough. You know, they've swept the Broncos in each of the last two seasons. The Broncos are yet to win at Allegiant Stadium, and that's where this game is going to be held. So, you know what? You just got to go take them down. This is ridiculous. I was just reading Eric Trickle's matchups article uh, for week four Broncos Raiders and who has the advantage here, who has the advantage there. It's a great read. Go, go check it out after the podcast. But I was dismayed and chagrined, Zach. Let me read this to you on Derek Carr. Okay, this this is like upset your tummy stuff. Carr is nine and six all time against the Broncos, including six and one in his last seven matchups. <laughs> the Duchess with a very very generous super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, my friend. She says hi, Chad, Zach, and Scott, and Dylan. If there ever was a game for our Broncos to shine, this is it. Bad O-line, bad defense. Let's squash them like a bad habit. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Life of the party, a.k.a. the Duchess, a.k.a. the Duchess. Life of the party, Michaela Parker in the house. Love you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not um, too worried about the Broncos' defense, I think, based on the way they've played. This is probably the most explosive offense they've met in the early part of the season, but I have confidence in Ejiro Evero to put together a good game plan. It comes down to what the Broncos' offense does. Are they going to be stuck in the mud, stuck in neutral, you know, shooting themselves in the foot, penalties, turnovers, this and that? Or can everything click, the play calling aligns, Russell Wilson makes those throws, you know, uh, behooving a $250 million quarterback, and everything works in synchronicity? I think the latter is very possible, but don't discount the former from happening either. Never discount that, absolutely. Um, guys, while we're, we have a second, we're going to get into some keys to victory. Uh, we're going to get into some predictions, and then also – we're going to do some quick head-to-heads. It might not be a full-hour show tonight, um, but we're going to get into all that stuff. But first, want to give everybody an update, full, accurate update. Let me stop that screen. Of where things stand in the Super Chat contest this month. And if you guys can remember, what's the what's the uh, 
prize this month. All right, top five finishers, their name go in a hat. And the winner gets selected as a raffle. And then what they go on, they got a $150 budget. They go on to pristine auction. They win whatever it is. They say, hey, this is what we want. We go do the bids. We try and win it. We win it. That's what they get. A lot of cool Bronco memorabilia, lore, swaggy swag, cool stuff on pristine auction and who has been a great supporter of our channel uh, this season. So here's your top five on YouTube. EJ at the very, very top. Also, EJ threw down some very generous uh, tickets to the game, a, a kind of donation to MHH over the weekend. So much love to you, big dog. Wish we could have seen you and met you and hung out with you. The Duchess at two, Gregory Vendeland at three, Naj, who we got to hang out with at four, maybe not as much as Naj wanted or as much as we wanted, but when it's the rough tumble party time game day tailgate, man, there's a lot of stuff happening around you and you got to follow the bouncing ball or else you get, you can get swept up. But Naj, next time we're going to hang even more, dude, DWI across the pond at number five. And then just a few of the names outside Garth, Sam, coach, Chris Bama. So much love and respect. Uh, all right, Zach, first things first, well, I'll, I'll pull up the head to heads here, but what is key number one? to the Broncos stomping the Raiders stomping or winning. I mean, I guess it's winning, going to go, winning, winning, winning. It goes, it goes hand in hand, but the offense has to get going. I mean, we talked about Russell Wilson. He threw for, what was it? 183 scoreless yards against the 49ers. And it was enough because he made the plays in the, in the fourth quarter, but this Raiders offense say what you want about Derek Carr and McDaniels. They are better than what Jimmy Garoppolo and his decimated backfield offered on Sunday night. So the Broncos offense has to respond in kind. You're not going to more than likely shut out the Raiders. They're going to get some points. They're going to put a couple touchdowns on the board. It's whether Russell Wilson can step up and be that better quarterback and be that leader and be that guy they paid all the money for. I think it's the game he finally breaks out because that Raiders secondary, Chad, is trash. Hot, smelly trash. Plum Bob says PS2 versus Adams via a super chat. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, to watch unfold on Sunday. Um, key number one for me is you gotta you gotta find a way to getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Make Derek Carr 
uncomfortable. One of the things, if you can remember this, everybody, Zach, I know you do, but Vic Fangio used to gush about Derek Carr and how quick he could get the ball out. And he is one of the better year in, year out. He's one of the quickest um, ball flying off his hand quarterbacks in the NFL. And that always works against the Broncos, especially it worked, Zach, against the Fangio era Broncos. But this is a more attacking style front. Uh, Ejiro Evero has been significantly more creative, willing to roll the dice a little bit more in terms of pressure packages. And it's paid dividends up to this point. So I'm optimistic the Broncos can find a way to keep him off his timing. But if you allow Derek Carr that three seconds, all he needs is three seconds. So you got to get to him two, two and a a quarter seconds if you can, because his average time to throw Zach two and a half. Yeah, he has a pretty quick release, and uh, he's always been pretty good at that, as you noted. Um, The Broncos might catch a break with Hunter Renfro, who is in concussion protocol. I wasn't aware of that before today, so they they could have one less receiver they have to face. But regardless, it's Darren Waller that scares the hell out of me because he's a tight end, and any tight end with a pulse seems to run wild on the Broncos' defense. And yeah, Devontae Adams. I'm putting PS2 on Devontae and not taking him off of him. I'm putting him on an island one-on-one, safety help over the top. Devontae versus Ronald Darby scares the hell out of me. I don't want that matchup. I want my best corner against their best receiver. And to Plum Bob's comment, Devontae is going to get his yards. He's too good of a receiver. And, and the Raiders' offense is too good when they get things going if he has time. So it's all about limiting Devontae Adams. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett was talking about. It's going to take everyone, literally everyone in that secondary. Would I prefer Simmons out there for this game? Yeah. But it's it's so paramount that PS2 looks like the all-pro cornerback he has the last three weeks, and the Broncos cannot let anyone get behind them. I don't care if it's a similar deal as week one, Zach, where DK Metcalf had whatever it was, five, six receptions for like 26 yards. It was four for 37, I think, or four for 36. I mean, I'm, he, I'm he cool with him. that. Dude, if Devontae catches four or five balls and he's limited to under 40 yards, that's a massive win for PS2 and this defense. Um, all right, here's another key to victory for me, Zach, is the the offense has to come alive. And I don't just mean like, you know, hey, put up some points, but like this is where things need to finally come together. I don't like even using a, the phrase get right game because the Broncos haven't been right. So if they haven't been right, how do you get right? Uh, this is like get on the horse type of game and, and try not to fall off the deck. I'm thinking, cause it's actually a farther drop from a, from the back of a horse. than you might think make it look easy on those movies. No, 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 no. You're breaking something. You fall off a horse. This is it though. You know, f- for lack of a better term, this is their get right. There's their opportunity. I mean, this Raiders defense as we'll go through here in just a few moments is rife, rife with holes. It's, I mean, this is your opportunity, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, unleash the beast. They have one semi-competent cornerback, Nate Hobbs, and he's a little banged up right now. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but he won't be at 100%. So, yeah, if you can't do it against the Raiders in this spot with a chance to end their season, you have a little more doubt about the Broncos offense. But it's fair to say it's on a get-right game, I guess, for Denver. It's also fair to say it's on a trap game for the Raiders. It's early in the season, but I don't know how any team can overlook a divisional opponent when you're already down 0-3, and if you go to 0-4, your season's over. It's not a trap game. It's a rivalry game. That's all it is. It's a heated rivalry game. Phil, thank you for the very generous display of stars on Facebook, Big Dog. Uh, Good evening, he says. um, (laughs) Gotta hope the running game picks up for this game. Go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. 
Yes, sir, brother. Thank you, Phil. Wish we could have seen you at the meet and greet. Would have been dope. Would have been dope. But the Broncos right now, as far as a rushing offense, you know, they're they're solid. They're a top 15 rushing offense, and it could be even better if Nathaniel Hackett would take the training wheels off of Russell Wilson yeah. for the first three quarters and just let him go be Russ. Uh, you would be crushing opponents with the running game because you've got a nice two-headed rushing attack. But it just feels like we were talking about this on the radio today, Zach. It feels like the first three quarters of the game are what Nathaniel Hackett wants, his ideal, what he wants Russ to do. And obviously it's not working that well. Quarter four, it's kind of like the Tebow offense to a much – I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not correlating that it's that bad, okay? Easy now. I'm just saying that they look horrible for, for three and a half quarters, and then finally the coaches would say – Dat gum, we're down two scores and there's four minutes left. To hell with it, Tim. Do whatever you want out there, and he'd go out, play football, and win the game. Now, to a, that's that's a little bit of hyperbole, but that's what it's been like. Is okay, a square peg, round hole, first three quarters, and then finally Hackett's like, we need a drive, Russ, go do you, or maybe it's just a Russ thing, Zach. For all we know, maybe it's Russ going, flipping a switch in his head in the fourth quarter. And just saying, got to find a way, make a way. But we need that version of Russ. We need fourth quarter Russ for all four quarters. Yeah, and we talked about it on the radio today that it seemed like Hackett was overcorrecting in last week's game. He he tried to stuff the ball via the running game down the Niners' throats and kind of took a little less off Russell Wilson compared to the first couple weeks where they were very pass-happy. But I don't want the Broncos, Chad, to get away from the running game. I don't want the Broncos, and even with Melvin Gordon. You see what this is right here? Chad, what is this? What is that? It looks like an avocado. It's a ball. Here's what I don't want Melvin Gordon to do. That. It's all I want you to do is hold on to the ball. It doesn't mean you have to go away from the running game, but they have to establish the run and let Russell Wilson feed off that. That's all I'm saying. Michaela says, Zach, this is the new Denver D. We shut down Kelsey in the last game. Waller shall be contained. Oh, she meant to say Kittle. Sorry. Uh, Waller shall be contained. Hey, maybe maybe she's onto something here because Kittle was like – basically a non-factor on Sunday night. He was coming off an injury, though. He was True. banged up a little bit. So, yeah, they had a nice game plan against Debo and, and uh, uh, George Kittle, but Darren Waller's a different type of beast. You know, he's built differently. He's way more of a receiver, a uh, big-body receiver with a bigger catch radius to me than George Kittle. But I'm just going on a historical output against the Broncos' defense. Look at Will Disley did in Week 1, for example, and he's a far cry from Darren Waller. Shout-out to Big Earn. Good to see you, buddy. Albert. Glad to hear that you and Michelle made it back from Denver safe and sound from the meet and greet and the great uh, game. It was a fun game to watch. I mean, low scoring, but maybe it was maybe people watching on their televisions. It might not have been as enthralling, but in the stadium, I'm telling you, it was like it really was electric. Uh, PJ Rivas jumping in with the super chat. Appreciate that, bud. He says, hey, guys, imagine how good the Broncos will be when the offense finally clicks. That defense is scary. I'm rooting for Russ to take over more often. That's what we're saying. Let's get fourth quarter Russ in the first quarter, and then guess what? Teams aren't going to be able to battle back. If you just figure out how to get fourth quarter Russ in first quarter, teams won't be able to battle back against this D. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett, I'm sitting Russell Wilson in a chair, giving him a Subway sandwich in one hand, giving him a headphone in his other ear, Chad, and replaying over and over Chad Powers, what he said on Monday Night Football, that uh, sort of criticism where they should have paid the punter more than Russell Wilson. I really hope he's 
uh, collecting all this conjecture and all this criticism and hate and just like literal delusional hate. It almost reminds me of uh, a number three from last year, but I hope he's motivated. It's uh, his first rivalry game in a Broncos uniform, first game against the Raiders. I look forward to him taking a step forward this Sunday. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Colby says, we need Billy Turner Ooh. to play. Who's that? And the whole O-line to perform a lot better, Zach. Who's that? Who's Billy Turner? I never heard of her at all. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you do need a, a more competent right tackle. You know, I was surprised, Chad. I did a little digging today, and Cameron Fleming, the Broncos' starting right tackle, he's actually, believe this or not, the highest rated run blocking tackle, not just right tackle, but tackle in the entire NFL. Conversely, he's the 18th worst in pass pro. So it's really feast or famine with Cameron Fleming. I don't trust him in pass pro, but that's why the Broncos like running to the, the right side. But I don't know what's going on with Billy Turner. He's practicing in full one week. He's limited the next day. He's inactive the, the, the following game. Today, he was a DNP for the second day in a row. It seems like it's Cameron Fleming again at right tackle on Sunday. I don't know why they even made that signing if he was that badly hurt. And I don't know why they didn't put him on IR if they weren't going to have him until week five anyway. At least. Yes, indeed. That seems like a big botched um, a botched deal. Same with Tom Compton. Like They didn't know what they were getting. I don't know. Or maybe, Zach, the deals were as low as they were because the Broncos were fully aware of maybe. how banged up these guys yeah. were. I don't, it's, it's hard to read at this stage. But let's go through some head-to-head, okay, because uh, it's time. It has come, all right? We're starting to get a little bit farther into the season to where – the numbers we see on the head-to-head start becoming more meaningful. It's still not quite enough where you're drawing permanent conclusions, all right? But it's enough to put us in the ballpark now, I think, with where opponents are, where the Broncos stand. So overall, of course, Raiders 0-3. They are minus three in the turnover margin, which means they've given the ball away three times more than they've taken it. They're one of the worst in the league in turnover margin. Meanwhile, the Broncos, I don't care if they're top 10, Zach. I just want to make sure they stay plus in the turnover differential. And right now they're plus one and they are a top six team in time of possession. Your Denver Broncos. Meanwhile, Raiders Zach are a, are a bottom 10 team in time of possession. So 
this is already shading in Denver's benefit. Yeah, the Raiders' offense is definitely high variance, where they can hit a big play for a touchdown or turn the ball over on any given snap. And uh, 26 and 23rd in those two categories, which are so important compared to 11 and 6, that, you know, as you said, that works in the Broncos' favor. Uh, offensively, and I'll remind everybody if it's green, that's a top 10 statistical ranking. If it's black, it's middle of the road. And if it's red, it's bottom 10. All right, net yards per game, Broncos are middle of the road, 16th. The Raiders are 17th, so they're basically, in terms of net yards per game, they're the same offense. All right. Yards per play, though, it's just a fraction of yards here that spell the difference. I mean, the Raiders are top 10 offense in yards per play, but it only is 5.7 yards per play to Broncos, 5.3, which makes them 20th. So, again, this is another one of those averages that over time really separates, and right now, it's, I, I think that's one of those play or one of those categories. You don't want to jump to conclusions, but points per game, yeesh, Zach. This honestly, of all the things that we may have gotten wrong preseason projecting this team with Russ under center, I didn't predict. I couldn't have foreseen that they would be yeah. only one other team worse than Denver in scoring, nearly a quarter of the way into this season. Meanwhile, the, the Raiders are top ten. They're averaging twenty one point three points per game to Denver's fourteen point three. So this is why. I got to remind everybody here, combined with the fact that the Raiders have swept this team in each of the past two seasons and other things we've talked about tonight, this right here, these comparisons, this is why you don't discount and dismiss the Raiders. Yeah, it's just surprising to see they're so bad in rushing offense. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I think the O-line is letting him down and four interceptions for Carr. I'm assuming it's Carr who threw those four in three games. I mean, you can definitely rattle him, and it seems like he's a little more turnover prone under McDaniels than he was under John Gruden. Yes. Uh, rushing, the Broncos are 12th, and as Zach intimated there, the Raiders are bad. They're ranked 28th, only averaging 80 rush yards per game. Passing offense, though, this is where they've had to come from behind. They've had to air it out. And like, like you said, high variance. That means a lot of big splash plays, though, too. So they're top seven, currently ranked seventh, <clears throat> pardon me, with 266 yards a game. Broncos passing their middle of the road, 230 yards. Now, Russ has been Russ. It's hard to pick Russ off. He's only got one pick, and it was like the it most – out- Yeah, it was like the most lucky play if you're a Texan ever. Um, meanwhile, Carr's thrown four. Broncos have lost two fumbles, and honestly, they're lucky this this number, Zach, isn't even more outsized. Like this should this could be four or five fumbles lost, but right now it's only two. Raiders only have one. Total giveaways, the Broncos are in the top ten. They're top eight at in fact. They've been pretty good at avoiding giving the ball away. And sacks allowed. The Broncos, though, look at that. Bottom. Well, bottom 10 for sure. They're 26. They've allowed nine sacks. The Raiders are barely just ahead of them, allowing eight. And then last thing, and I'm serving this back to you, Zach, the Broncos are middle of the pack in third down percentage, averaging, uh, converting, I should say, 37% of their tries. Raiders are 21st, converting 35.2%. And then these are also just so happen to be two of the worst red zone offenses. But again, such weird outliers early in the season, two fumbles on the goal line, in the first game, like this is why I don't think the Broncos are as bad in the red zone as this. Like in reality, they're not as incompetent in the red zone as this ranking makes them out to be. And that's going to continue that law of averages to re- reveal that as the season marches on. 
Yeah, 14.3, though. I mean, regardless of the wonky plays, that's terrible. That, that really is terrible. You can't even be that bad in Madden if you tried. But the Raiders aren't that much better either. 46.2, and they're 26th. So this is a team that they can't really convert on third down. I'm talking about the Raiders. They struggle on third. They struggle in the red zone. That's why I'm so confident in the Broncos' defense. They should put the clamps on this Raiders team, who's averaging about three touchdowns a game. I think the Broncos can hold them to 16, 17 points. Let's grab this from Howie Frickin' Day saying, what kind of numbers would Wilson in this offense have put up this week? Pardon me. Would Wilson in this offense have to put up this week to bring back the preseason feeling? Honestly, to kind of get back that preseason feeling, because you and I, we would talk about this. We mentioned it a few times off camera, Zach, but we mentioned it a lot to each other. As we saw from about the draft on, fans really, I mean, the surface fans disengage at that point until the season comes along. But like the hardcore fans, they usually stay plugged in with us through the entire NFL summer. We saw a much larger portion of those hardcore fans check out for the summer because they kind of the rust thing they're like okay Peyton Manning's back you know the days of Peyton basically are back we got nothing to worry about playoffs here we come what do I you know I don't need to listen to Jensen and Kelberman today or I don't need to read the blog or the breakdown this the breakdown that like we got rust we're good that confidence I think Zach is in the excitement I think it's more about confidence to be honest with you that how he's really getting at that preseason feeling of we're impervious. We're one of the best. How? What kind of numbers they got to put up to get it back? Well, y'all should have listened to us because we were cautioning you. Don't expect Star Wars numbers. You know, Peyton Manning in his prime right out of the gates. It's going to be a roller coaster with a new quarterback, new system, first-time head coach. There's going to be rough patches. And the only thing is I don't think it was going to be as rough in week one and week two. You know, I don't think they were going to start that slow. But um, a lot of fans need to temper their expectations. The Broncos are 2-1. and one. That's all that matters. I don't care about numbers, stats, analytics. I care about victories. And the Broncos have won two and lost one. But to placate the general fan base, most people, the casual and the hardcore fan, you got to go over 25, 25 to 30 points. You need a big game from Russell Wilson. I don't think the fans would respond the same if Javante or Melvin Gordon had three touchdowns or two touchdowns. They need that, they need that production from Russ. They're paying him to be that guy. He's the captain. He's the field general. Let's go. Couldn't have said it better. Clayton, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, let uh, let Russ be Russ. A little more blitzing, man-to-man. Let Chubb and Gregory play their game. And, of course, ground and pound. Uh, what do you say, guys? Hey, from your lips to the ears of the football gods, Clayton. I hope that's exactly how it unfolds. Jay Valentine, thank you for the super chat, big dog. He says, to be honest, with Quinn Miners coming back this week, he was dressed. I mean, Scott and I were watching him like half the game is just, you know, serving kind of as support for all the O-line dudes as they'd come on and off the field, like giving everybody a rah-rah as they come off. I was like, we were like, why is he not playing? Because it probably would have made a difference. Graham Glasgow, I'm sorry. He's uh, barely a bit, little bit better than a turnstile. Uh, Jay says, okay, so with Miners coming back this week and Fleming fixing to start again, that right side is solid. Pookie and Melvin should have a day. Looking like another botched offseason, though, at right tackle with Turner and Compton. So Compton, yeah, we'll see how it comes out in the wash once he actually, I should say if he actually plays this year, but I kind of think they were more viewing him as a guard, to be honest with you, Zach, than a tackle. He was like a fail-safe tackle, but more of a guard first player he's Billy Turner 
you know, probably, arguably a better guard than a tackle, but a guy who can do both. I like the signing initially. He knew the uh, Broncos OL coach from San Francisco, Butch Barry, and it made sense. But the Billy Turner thing, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, Justin Outen, how did you not know he was going to be on the shelf that long? And if you if you knew, why not put him on IR? Why have him on the active roster taking up a space? It makes no sense to me. Uh, but to the previous comment, uh, Cameron Fleming, as I laid out earlier, that would be a big boon for the running game, but not so much for the passing game. Hopefully, what scares me, terrifies me, keeping me up at night right now, Chad, no exaggeration, is either Max Crosby or Chandler Jones matched up one-on-one versus Cam Fleming in pass pro. Don't want to see that. Um, also, what keeps me up at night is exactly what Michaela is saying here. I get panic attacks when Gordon <laughs> touches the ball. I know it's just like, go down, go down, go down, go down. Uh, Dave Glassman, it's great to see you, bro. Thank you for the super chat. You're an OG, and uh, we love you. We appreciate you. You've got some serious lore in the MHH canon, my friend. Uh, Andrew Baker, missed you. Wish we could have saw you at the meet and greet, but we understand. Uh, thank you for the big, big dog stars. He says, what's up, MHH and family? It's not only growing pains, but it's developing Russ in, in his elder portion of his career. Hashtag no worries. Hashtag MHH for life. What do you say, Zach? I say that hurts because he's the same age I am. And I know it's different in uh, football years, but I don't see him as an elder quarterback. You know, I don't see him as like a, a Brady right now where he's in his 40s and just kind of struggling to get by in the twilight. I, I think he has three, four, five years of high level. I don't want to say elite, but just really good quarterbacking in him. So, uh, yeah, I think they might be slow rolling it. They might be figuring out what works and what doesn't, but not because his age. He's still relatively young. All right. <clears throat> Let's look at the defenses here and then we'll. Uh... Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We'll sign off tonight. The Broncos, as you can see, lots of green, baby. Lots of green. Net yards per game, third. Net yards per play, uh, sixth. Points per game. They're only allowing 12 freaking points per game. Now, if they could get their offense to average more than 14, they'd have something here. Uh, rushing, they're the sixth-ranked rushing offense, relinquishing 81.3 yards per game. They're the third-ranked passing defense. But they only have one interception. And but they have to kind of balance that three fumble recoveries. So that puts them tied 12th in takeaways. 
They've got nine sacks, which ties them at eighth. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then third down percentage, only two teams are better than the Broncos. Red zone, they're number one. They only allow opponents to score one out of every four times they cross the 20, Zach. Your thoughts on the Broncos, D, and then we'll cover the Raiders. This is quite the matchup, a team that can't stop anyone in the red zone and a team who can't get in the end zone from the red zone. So whoever uh, vanquishes their counterpart there, I think will win this game. I don't care too much about yards per game, points per game, rushing, passing in week four. I care about if you scroll down where the Broncos rank on third down, getting teams off the field, and in red zone, getting keeping teams out of the end zone. Ajiro Evero, what he's doing right now, missing PS2 for a majority of a game, missing Simmons for two games, down Josie Jewell for a couple games. What he's put together has been so remarkable. Ajiro Evero for president of the universe, Chad, as far as I'm concerned. Not hyperbole. All right, Raiders. 21st ranked defense on yards, uh, 24th in points per game, relinquishing 25.7. I mean, think about this. They're relinquishing per game double what the Broncos score per game. That's not good. Net rushing, 109 yards per game. That ties them for 15th. There's only a handful of teams worse than the Raiders as a passing defense. They have only two interceptions. Two sacks. Zero fumbles that they've recovered. Only two sacks. Zach, what do you make of that? I don't. Max, Max Crosby, I think, has both of them uh, for the Raiders. And Ch- yeah. Chandler Jones, their big free agent acquisition, has done squat. So it could be a case where he's still getting used to the scheme under Patrick Graham, but it hasn't gone as anticipated. And that's the problem when you have trash in your linebacking core and in your secondary, and you're leaning specifically and solely on your defensive line to get home. It doesn't work that way, and that's why the Broncos are so fortunate they have stars at every level of their defense. Okay. Third down, they're 17th defense, uh, allowing 37.8 third downs to be converted. And then uh, red zone, only two teams are worse than the Las Vegas Raiders. So as you can see, this is an opponent rife for the getting on the horse game. I'm not going to say get right game because the Broncos haven't been right yet. So I'm going to say this is a this is an opponent that kind of gives you a boost up onto the horse. All right. And if you don't capitalize on that and you go flying headlong over the horse, then shame on you. All right. Special teams, Zach. Look at this. Your boy. How Thomas ironic. Mann. Look at this. <laughs> How ironic. Look at all this green on special teams. Where was this in Denver, dude? Across two different coaching staffs. Well, I mean, to be fair, Daniel Carlson is a pretty good kicker. I think I would take him. He's either comparable to McManus or I take him over him. But look at that punt return average. That was the same 5.7 yards a punt return. Do you know yeah. how bad that? Look at the Broncos. They almost doubled that. Or did they double? They more than Montreux. doubled that. Yeah, Montreux. And 29th in punt return average against. So the Broncos are averaging about 12 and they're allowing 14. This could be the game, Chad, where Montreal houses one. And how delicious would that be against Tom McMahon? Salivating <laughs> right now, literally. Broncos are still ranked 32nd in the league in penalties, though they did cut it down by a wide margin last week. All right. But the first two games were so sloppy, so undisciplined, loosey goosey, that it's going to take two or three games of them only getting four, five, six penalties in a game to balance out and get out of that 32 spot. Meanwhile, the Raiders, not that much better, but definitely better, ranked 22nd with only 19. So there's your head to head, gang, of, uh, Broncos Raiders all by rights you know you look at the strengths weaknesses of these teams Broncos should go in there and absolutely destroy the Raiders but for some reason they can't quite get this engine lubed up firing on all cylinders and 
something about Allegiant Stadium. So, Zach, time for predictions. Then we're going to say goodbye for tonight. What do you expect to see happen Sunday? You can share the score, you, or we save that for the roundtable, but who do you got winning this one? I think the engine will be nice and lubed on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, Chad. I think this is the game where it might not be 45 nothing, but Rush should find the end zone a couple times and uh, just cut down. That's what I was going to say about the penalties. 30 penalties in three games, averaging 10 a game, you got to cut that out. You can't mimic the Raiders. You have to be better than them. But I do think the Broncos' offense will uh, find pay dirt a few times, and the defense will hold uh, the Raiders' offense to what they uh, less than what they average. So I'll give my score prediction if you want to. Yeah, hit it. I see like 26, 16, something like that. I'll go with that. All right. Here's what I've learned through three games of trying to predict scores on your Denver Broncos. Forget the thirties for now. Okay. <laughs> That's a like, <laughs> forget that. Uh, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Broncos finally get into the twenties. I'm going to say Broncos win this game 24-13. It's going to be a two-score win because I believe in this defense. And I think this this is the game where the Broncos are going against an opponent that just happens to be weak in all the areas that they are right. uh, strong in. And then also in the areas where even if they've been weak, like on the offense, this is your opportunity to kind of sow your oats. It's kind of like, you know, hey, prize fighter, you go in and you play against the big boys, you get knocked around, you're like, kind of maybe lose some confidence. They bring you down a couple levels. You go beat the snot out of a few of those guys. And then even though you're not really any better, when you get put back up with the big boys, you are now more confident, and that helps you. That serves you. So that's what we need to see, I think, and that's what we expect to see. So I'm going to say 24-13 Broncos. The way you just put that was perfect. That's the epitome of uh, what this game preview should be. The Raiders are weak where the Broncos are strong, and the Broncos should be able to take advantage of that. Uh, they just, I don't know, they just can't beat themselves. If they just don't beat themselves and play complimentary football, they can win going away. I'll drill it down a little more. I think one of three things is going to happen in this game, maybe two out of the three. Russell Wilson will have a multi-touchdown passing output. PS2 will run one back for a pick six, and Montreal will break one against Tom McMahon. I just I want to materialize that so bad, Chad. I'm, I'm getting on my secret vibes right now just to make it happen, manifesting a Tom McMahon revenge game. But listen – you know, maybe not everyone agrees. Tomorrow we're going to have the Mile High Roundtable article as per tradition for the – How I don't know how many years it's been. Oh, Ten years MHH has existed. We're going to go around the table, the staff, in a written article. Everyone tenders their prediction, bold predictions and a score pick. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. And then before we do our, our matters of business, shout out to Cristiano. Thank you for the super chat. That was Ronaldo for a second. From Brazil. Dream place. I want to go there someday. Uh, and and seriously, Brazil is one of the one of my bucket list destinations. So he says, uh, shout out to my football priests all the way from Brazil. My concerns for Sunday. How do the Broncos cover Waller would be the first time. <laughs> and how many tight ends do we put next to Fleming for pass pro Broncos win 27 16. I love it. Cristiano. You know who's been pretty good watching the film as a tight end is Tomlinson as a blocker. He he really is like having an extra tackle out there, 
So yeah, whoever is matching up, whether it's Crosby or Chandler Jones on uh, Cam Fleming, I want somebody else over there. And yeah, Darren Waller, he's not the only one in that passing attack. That's what scares me. But, you know, Evero said he has a plan for defending George Kittle. He said that last week, and sure enough, they did. This is a, a coordinator who's not too unaware of what his weaknesses are on defense. He looks himself in the mirror, looks this defense in the mirror, and makes the corrections where applicable. So uh, Waller, Adams, if Renfro plays, Jacobs, they're going to get their yards. But I'm confident in Evero and the Broncos' defense to limit them enough to win. All right, guys, we'll see how it shakes out. We're going to do some matters of business, but uh, we'll we'll see how Sunday night plays out. Yes, that was the MHH pod for this Thursday evening. We're off until the gut reaction episode of Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium between the Broncos and Raiders after a Broncos win, I should add. But follow us on Twitter until then at the MHH pod. Also the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some new and improved and Quite frankly, sick merch. Go to huddleuppod.com and check it out. New inventory when you get a chance. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And facebook.com slash milehuddlepod. Like that page and follow that page if you haven't. But please, guys, go to Apple Podcasts. And again, if you haven't, leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. I sound like Russ doing that Subway ad. Just a little spicy. <laughs> but uh, if anything, as you see ticking below you, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. The Duchess, Plum Bob, PJ Rivas, Jay Valentine, Dave Glassman, Cristiano, and then these great supporters on Facebook, Phil, Howie, Colby, Andrew, Clayton, much love and respect. Have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, check us out tomorrow, as you can see down here, right right below. There's That's how you listen to us. If you're in Denver, go to our Twitter accounts at 2 p.m. You'll get the links to listen live. And uh, thank you, Clayton, for the uh, for the stars and support. Have a great weekend, Clayton, and everybody else. Uh, enjoy the next few days and get ready for the Broncos' third victory of the season. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031-22.